Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The sun shines at Wembley. Hello and welcome to episode 17, yes, 1-7 of The Real Football Cast. I'm your host Dan Tracy and in the next 60 minutes we'll be dissecting all the hot topics in football. As per usual we'll be discussing what's been going on in the Premier League over the past few days. But in addition to that there'll also be off-pitch activities that have caught our eye and they'll be getting our attention in the next hour. With the Champions League action taking place later today, it's an earlier than usual recording but that means it's JS running the channels. JS, how are you my friend? Hi Dan. Uh, seeing, seeing as you never mention it anymore, I'm I'm JS Leatherbury from Football in the City, which 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 you used to describe as the excellent football in the city. But um, yeah, that seems to have been dropped now. So oh, I just think... th- just thought I'd mention that on I, air. I've, I've, I've that's incorrectly assumed that people are aware of that, but absolutely... no, no, you're absolutely right. Feel free to put in your plug. So that's my bad, and that is will be a next time round. So I've been told off early. But you know you are, you are absolutely right, and like I say, do visit the excellent Football in the City website because it is an excellent website, and I can't stress that enough. So, um, I best do some social media bits first. So we'll lose track of where we are. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, you can. That's Twitter at Dan Tracy nineteen eighty three. If you want to get in touch with JS, it's at Ball in the City. He's fantastic to talk to on Twitter. Honestly, couldn't recommend it enough. So. There you go, Jess. An extra plug for you there. Thank um, you, Dan. That's all right, mate. If you want to search me via iTunes, you can. That's Real Football Cast. And if you use that platform, then don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And if you're not a fan of all things Apple, then you can also find me on SoundCloud and Acast. Well, the easiest way to find all the links is by going to realfootballcast.com. As you should know by now, the Real Football Cast is sponsored by Loserpool. What is Loserpool, I hear you ask? It's a new game that sees betting turned on its head with a focus being on the loser. And if that has grabbed your interest, then be sure to visit loserpool.com and create an account, especially as the prize pool is once again £1,000, something you won't want to miss out on. Now, the odds of winning are great, and they're even better if you sign up. So, there we go. Right then, it's time to go live. And let's go to Wembley first. Why not? As we're Tottenham fans, so club buyers aside, 
Tottenham made a very sorry showing of a previously undefeated Chelsea. Was that performance nothing short of scintillating from Tottenham? Uh, yes, basically. I, I, um, I, I called it completely wrong. I had that down as a, a one-all draw. And um, actually, I, I, you know, <laughs> you, you give credit where it's due, and you also have to sort of own up when you've when you've got it wrong. When I saw the respective lineups, I thought we've, we've just got no no chance of winning today. I, I, I didn't think like. I didn't think we'd lose, but I thought it was a little bit like... Do you remember the Liverpool game at Wembley where we packed three men into the midfield? Okay, yes. Um, and it felt a little bit like we'd, we'd only done it. And we had. We'd, we'd set up to kind of stop their front three, um, which actually at that point had, hadn't been quite as fluid in firing as it was, you know, the definitely the latter half of last season yet. Um and I, I kind of feel like, get, given that we've finished above them so much, including last year, beat them for one last year and drew to all, I thought it was a little bit weird that we were suddenly not forcing a team, especially at home, or call it home, but what has been our home, um, to set up more not to lose than to actually try and win. And I think that kind of backfired. And I, I thought when, when he put... Um, Sissoko and Dyer into the midfield, I, I thought he'd done it to kind of like beef it up to kind of stop their high press and nullify like Kante and Jorginho's effectiveness. Um, so I, I kind of thought, you know, what, what we needed to counteract Sari Ball was to actually play exceptionally quick players you know like I, I kind of expected us to have Sun and and Lamella on either wing you know you know what I mean to try and kind of counteract the high press by having quick quick players that can get past them but happily um I couldn't have been more wrong and <laughs> like like you say it was it was it was exceptional I mean it was it was just brilliant I mean I thought the Kane goal was one of our best of the season um and then only to be topped by Chungmin Son's extraordinary effort that was Ricky Veer-esque you know yeah I mean it was a day or so say an evening where everything just sort of clicked it's a performance yeah. that's probably been coming because We've referenced that, as of late, Tottenham have had to win ugly, which is not mm. necessarily a bad thing because they've been winning. And I think with the season that we've had in terms of off-pitch sagas yeah. and such, you know, it's just been a case of, you know, just get the points on the board <laughs> and it will happen eventually. Something will click. And you sort of thought it might not be against Chelsea because of the mm. position that they will present. But, I mean, from minute yeah. one, from second one, we were just absolutely on it. And when we are on it like that, we're just a different beast, aren't we? I, I agree, and this is why I thought it was weird that we we kind of set up not to lose to Liverpool. You know, you know what I mean. Yeah, at home, I exactly because when when we are fit and firing, we're we're a match for anyone. And this is why I said to you the other week, um, I was actually happier after losing one nil to City because I thought we we played well, and the signs were that we were sort of looking like we might be coming back into form again, as opposed to um, before that, where, like you just said, we'd been winning ugly, if you know what I mean. No, it sounds a bit counterintuitive, but that's why I said I was happier after we 
loss to City because it looked like we were starting to actually play good football again. You know what I mean? And you sort of think, although it's it, although it's not great, but you kind of think actually the signs were there that we were starting to come back into form, given that we quote unquote only lost to City, who are actually still miles ahead of everyone this year. You know, so I think I think we're looking good. So yeah, if we look at Chelsea, that's twice as many games that they've been stifled. Um, they were sort of well, they were useless come Saturday before the international break. They were held at home to Everton. Do they have to change yeah. their ideas now? Because is there a certain degree they've been found out? You know, after a sort of a decent start from Sari, um, you know, life in the Premier League was all new, and everyone sort of fell in love with him. And you know, they're not out of love with him, but at the same time, it's they're not that sort of tough nut to crack anymore. Um, no, I don't, I don't quite think so. I, I just I just think he he I think Sari had in his head that Jorginho works in that position of course he did so effectively when he was at Napoli but when when you've got arguably no I wouldn't necessarily say the best number six in the world because that's probably still Sergio Busquets but one of the top two number sixes in world football you know what I mean and you're playing him out of position um, I mean that kind of works at Napoli because the 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 interchangeable nature of Sari ball is is that well I just said it they're interchangeable you know what I mean they can fluidly kind of switch positions and that that's what Jorginho did well whereas Kante maybe it's just a question of time you know people are quite reactionary now aren't they the likes you know Kante can't play there he's only played like 12 games in that system you know what I mean it's hardly like he's he's played in that position all his career having said that what does seem fairly evident from Chelsea's perspective is that Kante should be playing where Jorginho is you know a bit further back, a bit deeper, where he's a little bit more comfortable, where he can sit back, break up play, help Link play a little bit more. He's not he's not really a you know, a more advanced linking sort of attacking player, is he? So I I don't know why he's so insistent on that. I I I, I don't know. I, I think pff, I don't know. I I don't think so. I, but I would be very tempted to switch Kante back to a, 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 a further back position. You know what I mean. Well, yeah, that was going to be my next question, actually. And also, I, I guess it's sort of hard to say now, but had Kante been in his, in quote-unquote, right position on Saturday, would he have been able to deal with the, the Tottenham onslaught a bit better? And as a result, would Chelsea have been in the game more? Yeah, definitely. But then I, I also think it's one of those what-ifs a little bit like um, if we'd have had... Dembele fit for example you know he's an absolute beast as well and probably would have uh, do, do you know what I mean helped counteract that if Kante was further back and if Dembele was fit you know you know what I mean but um, yeah I, I think so but it, it felt like two seasons ago again, you know, when we just sort of looked electric at times. It was more like that kind of performance, whereas last year we still clearly had a a very decent season, but it never felt like it caught fire at any point. You know know what I mean? And I kind of felt like we looked more like ourselves against City and then obviously again at the weekend 
than we did all of last season. You know, I yes. mean, the cha- cha- Champions League exploits aside, I mean, in the league, obviously, you know. If we focus on Chelsea and their attack line, Alvaro Morata, is he in danger of joining mm. the, I guess, the pantheon of Chelsea flops in terms of number nines? Because you've got, I don't know, let's reel off Shevchenko, Torres, Kesman, Crespo, mm. Falcao. So many centre-forwards have died mm. a slow death at Stamford Bridge. Is he in danger of being the next one? Um, it, it it looks like it a bit, doesn't it? it does. I mean, you, you, you kind of think, like, Giroud always looks better when he comes on. You know what I mean? Like, he, he almost always looks better than Morata does. Morata's clearly a good a good player. I mean, you watch him play. It's a bit like Lorente for us. Um, you know, he's not scoring goals, but he's still a good player. You know what I mean? Like, he's got good passing, good technique, good, pretty good positional awareness. I mean, he, he seems to get caught offside quite a lot. But um, apart from that, I mean, he does like to play off the shoulder a bit. But yeah, but then I, I don't know where where. Chelsea really, really go with that. You know what I mean? T- I mean, there's there's talk today of getting in Pulisic with the expectation of Hazard possibly going to Real Madrid, and uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, maybe Sarri's got a thing in his head. I mean, you you, you have to kind of think who's who Sarri bought in really, Jorginho. Well, that's right. Um, yeah. I mean, whether they want to chuck another fifty odd million, or maybe probably even more for another. Send yeah. forward and just rinse, wash, repeat because that's what they seem to do at Chelsea. But you then you'd think if they had someone, they just need like another Jogba, but they don't grow on trees, do they? So um, no, no, no. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's been so many examples where it's gone wrong. I think Jogba's probably the only real number nine in inverted commas that's actually been a success story. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I, th- I think you probably oh, Costa, have asked, yeah, right? Actually, Diego Costa's not a bad shout. Oh, yeah, but, yeah. Um, um, they seem the, to be the exception rather than the rule, don't they? But, but, but then Costa did more than just score, didn't he? I mean, he was a bit of a shithouse, but in one of those kind of ways where you couldn't help but admire it. You well, know, that's that right. kind of, but, but it, was such, it was such a bastard. It was kind of like <laughs> the Sergio Ramos thing. You kind of like, you, you shouldn't, but you have a sort of grudging admiration for that type of shit housing, you know what I mean? Because they're such an arsehole. It's like, they're, they're just so unrepentant about it as well. There's something sort of admirable in that kind of level of it. it, it even if they had someone like that to kind of like, ru- like you say, yeah, just rough up, rough up opponents and ruffle defences a bit more. You know you know what I mean? Because it, it creates more chances. It, it, it helps sort of spread a sort of uncertainty in the defence, even if you haven't got an out-and-out finisher. Morata doesn't quite... He, he, he is not scoring, and he doesn't have that kind of nastiness to his game, so he's not really adding enough to that team at the moment, really. No, exactly. I mean, if he was a bit more of a rough edge, then, you know, bruising defenders would also then allow Eden Hazard to sort of pull the strings and pick pick the opposition apart so you're not getting yeah. that either you're not yeah. Murata getting goals and being a nuisance and then you're not exactly. getting because of that you're not getting Hazard at his sort of actual real best that he can sort of be so good at so I think they're sort of um, losing out in a couple of um, ways there but in terms of Eden Hazard mm. he said after the game he's intimated as much already that he feels that Chelsea are already out of the title race seven points doesn't sound a great deal in the grand scheme of things but 
where on earth can they find that ground against a Man City side that are, you know, bowling over teams four and five with ease at the moment? Yeah. <laughs> they, they can't. Well, they can't, can they? They can't. They can't. I mean, City are going to win the league, going to win the league again. You know, they, they, they maybe had a couple of drawn games that was slightly unexpected but apart from that I mean what are they on 40 odd goals they've barely conceded any um, I mean I don't, I, I, no one's touching them again this year you know um, I think I think I would say I think the top four having said that I think the top four now is probably going to be the top four come the end of the season again. You know, exact order, or is there any changes in two, three, and four? No, I, th- I think Tottenham will finish second. Um, I think Liverpool, like, <sighs> they're they're sort of they've they've had an they've had an amazing start, and they keep sort of getting results, but they still. I think the only concerning thing for the other top four things, perhaps even including City, is that Liverpool have done it and they still haven't looked amazing yet. You know, you know what I mean. A bit, a bit like us. They're kind of like, you know, they, they. I mean, we. I think we, we, we've started clearly started to hit form now, and hopefully that continues. And it wasn't just a one-off, but you kind of think, yeah, Liverpool are the. I hate to say it because, like, you know, for all of their kind of hype and everything last year, the sum total was that they actually did finish fourth and behind us in the league. But I, I kind of feel like they, they will. One of two things will happen with Liverpool now: they'll either find that incredible form again and make a genuine title push, or their their kind of slightly patchy-ish performances. Will eventually catch up with them, and they're 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 due. Do you know what I mean? Like they're due to hit maybe a slightly bad patch without the results. You know, for them, is there an element of frustration that they keep winning, and all they can do is stay on the coattails of City? They can't ever seem to sort of get above them or get to an even kill because no matter how well Liverpool do, you know, they made relatively light work of Watford on Saturday. So yeah, go and do yeah. even better at West Ham. So you must think. For God, mm. like, when are we going to get our break? And that surely, after a while, if you feel you can't beat them, then your performances might dip a bit. Mm. Actually, sorry, yeah, I, sh- I, I should say about them not looking at their absolute best. I think Saturday was probably a bit of a, a bit of an exception. You know, you know what I mean. I think they look really good, given that Watford are actually uh, quite a decent side as well. Um, no, I, I think Liverpool will have a dip at some point, especially if they go deep into the Champions League again. You know what I mean? I know they've got a much richer squad. Uh, I don't mean in terms of expense, but I just mean in terms of, of depth. You know what I mean? They've got a lot of quality and depth now. Um, but I, I think the slightly baffling one, I don't know about you, but it's probably like Fabinho. I mean, yeah, how much do they well, pay for him? 60 odd million? Like, it- because it's weird, isn't it? Like you know, I th- I think he was kind of coming in with the the expectation that he would be a kind of quote unquote like upgrade on say like Henderson or Milner or someone in the centre, and he's he's barely playing, and it, it that just seems like a monumental waste of money. Absolutely, for someone who's weird. in such hot demand from a, a whole host of you know big European clubs, yeah, and you. 
when that happened, it sort of happened under the radar because you thought, oh, wow, like, Liverpool, they've pulled a master stroke there. And then you think, like, mm. you'd even, you would almost forget he's a Liverpool player or a squad member. If it's weird. It's yeah. so bizarre. I don't know if it's fitness or there's a lack of trust or something. I mean, what what could it be, JS? Why would you sign him? Well, absolutely. It doesn't. It actually makes no sense. It's not as if it's like an yeah. expensive homegrown player to fill a quota, do you know what I mean? Or a third to a yeah. goalkeeper yeah. that you're just filling a gap. There must have been some some semblance of logic in the summer to purchase him. So why is there now this disconnect to think, well, actually, like we don't need him? I mean, mm. whether it's because they're getting results and they're tried and tested, you know, the, the players that Klopp knows and trusts, then yeah. the old adage, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That might be part of it. But surely mm. there has to be opportunities for Fabinho. For a player of his talent, let's not forget, he's not just someone who's overpriced. You know, he's not like Bakayoko mm. went from uh, Monaco to oh, Chelsea yeah. was yeah. an absolute flop. You know, there's, there's a good player there. And so to not sort of use him, I guess it's a nice... Uh... Although, do you know, weirdly, actually, I think Bakayoko's a pretty decent player, actually. Well, he, and that, yeah, that, is, that's but... another weird one. But if you're not going to... It, it, it doesn't help. It, do you know what? It's almost like one of those vicious cycles. Unless someone gets injured, he's he's not getting into the team at the moment. Well, that's right, yes. Um, and the longer that goes on, the longer he won't get into the team, if if that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. Do, do, do you know what I mean? Yes. Because you're not going to... You, you know, it, for example, even, say, like Musa Suzoko this season, I mean... He actually played in more games than any of our players at all last year. And it seemed baffling to Spurs fans, you know what I mean? Because he he just wasn't the player that we thought would sign when actually at the time he was our club record signing, 30 million or something. Um, that's actually quite depressing when you say it out loud, isn't it? Do you know, do you know is, what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> sort of thing. Like, yeah but anyway, that aside, um, you know... But he wasn't really starting games. He was coming on, like, for 20 minutes and stuff to replace someone wherever he was needed, more or less. You know what I mean? He even played wing-back and stuff a couple of times. But this season, for whatever reason, he seems to have rediscovered a bit of form. Pochettino's clearly seen it and has actually started quite a few games. And surprise, surprise... He actually is suddenly starting to look much closer to the player that we thought we'd signed. So you kind of think, like, it's a similar thing with Fabinho now. You you wonder if he does get a run in the team, will he suddenly start to look like the, what was he, about 60 million or something? Something, I think. something like that, you know, two yeah. Sissokos. <laughs> yeah, exactly, two Sissokos worth. Would, would he suddenly starts to look a little bit more like the player they thought they'd signed. I don't know. It's you a know. difficult one. I mean, the only way he starts playing is if Liverpool, you know, hit a dip in form and then Klopp thinks, I need to mix things up. But then if a player's yeah. on the periphery and getting minutes off the bench here and there, that player's not necessarily going to have the impact that Klopp needs. So just like the Sissoko sort of scenario mm. from a couple of years back, it was 20 minutes here, off the bench, 15 minutes, and then yeah, exactly. he's a bit rusty. He doesn't, like, turns in a five or six out of ten and... It's hard to sort of get people off his back. You, yeah, you just, it's all about minutes, and then, it, isn't and, it? then it, and then it becomes worse, doesn't it? And it, the pressure builds yeah, and all the rest yeah, of it. Of course. So, um, with with Fabinho, is it is it partly a tactical thing though? I mean, does do, do Liverpool still have a, a kind of deep holding midfielder? I don't think they do really. I mean, in the sense they've they're playing sort of Shakiri in midfield, so that's one of the spot up for grabs, isn't there? So you're not really 
And Henderson and Milner don't play that, not that deep, you know what I mean? Whereas at Monaco, he was playing more more or less in a pivot, you know what I mean? But a single pivot in front of the defence. Um, and he was like a real deep player, you know, like a, a proper number six, you know. Um, maybe it's just a system thing, which again, therefore begs the question, why would you sign him? Well, it's bizarre, isn't it? I mean, um, anyway, I I think we've discovered we don't know why. We don't know why they signed him. We don't know why they're not playing him. Uh, Apart from, yeah, it's probably a system thing, which it's like the chicken and the egg. It goes back to why did they sign him? And it's all a bit bizarre. So, yeah, I don't think we've got anything to add to that. No, but we'll keep an eye on the Fabinho Chronicles and see what happens over the next few weeks and months. Yeah, that's a good idea. idea. I've got a, um, a question now. Will Man City, I know they finished last season with 100 points. Can they finish this season with a 100-plus goal difference? Oh. let's. They're on plus 35 at the moment with a third of the season. So they have mm. to re- repeat that over the next two thirds. So you're looking at wins of, I don't know, like 3-0 mm. per game. They're not going to win that every game, but you know they're scoring a hell of a lot of goals and not really considering that much. So is that something that is feasible? Yeah. Of course it is, but I can't, I can't. I can't see them when when you think about it. Like you said, yeah, it's like just just over a third of the season gone. I can't see that they're they're only going to concede another another ten goals. You know what I mean? They'll they'll probably score as many again. I I just can't see them stopping. Scoring, there's no reason as to why why they shouldn't, you know, unless every Premier League team suddenly goes and raids like all of Europe's top defenders. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, and even then they'd probably find a way through. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say they'll just miss out. I'm gonna say they'll get to like 97 because I I I, I just think. Them only conceding five, as have Liverpool. I mean, their defence has also been incredible, as we were just talking about them. But I can't see them only conceding another five over two more, two you know, two two more equal amounts of the same period or whatever you call it. Do you, do you know what I mean? I, I, I just ca- can't see it happening. You know. Okay, then um, I'll expand the question very slightly. So, if they can't get hundred plus goal difference. Could they set the Premier League record for least goals conceded? So I think it's 18, is it, under Chelsea? So mm. they've got 13 goals left to concede in a two-thirds of the Premier League season. Is that is that something they could do? Only concede, say, 17 goals, which I guess it would then go back to the... No, no? I, I, I think they might... I think they'll get close. Um, but I, I just think... Because they, they, they occasionally have those... Random games where it's like five two and stuff, you know. That is fair. Um, so, and th- this is before the the season drags on, and you get tired players, tired defenders who make make mistakes. Um, so, I'm trying to think. Actually, have City have City actually got that much strength in depth in defence? Uh, well, Mendy's injured again. Uh, yeah, that's what I was thinking because they 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 seem to under Pep Guardiola slightly bizarrely. I think something like they've spent two hundred and fifty million quid on defenders or something. 
Well, you know what I mean. It's like it's by far the bulk of um, their spending. Do you, do, you, do you know what I mean? Like they've barely spent anything under Pep on on midfielders and attacking players. They've mostly signed defenders. But I'm actually trying to think like, yeah, exactly. You say so. Like Mendy's out injured. I mean, companies. Um, well, it's like fourth off- choice now, isn't they? Really? Yeah. So I mean, let's if you took cities. Defending options at left back, you've got Mendy, but he's injured. So then you've either got yeah. Delph, who would go back to left back, or Zinchenko. Right. Zinchenko, yeah. But I, 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 I had this debate with someone last year because I was saying about Zinchenko, and they they were absolutely insistent that he's a winger as opposed to a defender. But then I suppose Fabian Delph is as well, isn't he? Really, by nature. Yeah. Well, it was just like when they played Jesus Navas at left back. Do you know what I mean? It's just. Oh yeah. God, that was that, weird. Yeah, it was weird. So then you've got that side of the pitch. Then you've got Walker and Danilo on the right, and then centre backs. Mm. And I guess either of those two can play centre back if need be. But then you've got Stones, Laporte, Otamendi, Company. So um, whether they feel they need to buy a defender in January <laughs> again, I don't know. But I mean. I just kind of think, like as as you alluded to, if if they get a couple of injuries, um, they're they're kind of struggling a little bit, that's aren't true. they? I yeah, mean, I mean, true. I mean, only only in the same way like Spurs would be. You know what I mean? If like, well, Trip Trippier did did have a knock, didn't he, the other week? But um, do you know what I mean? We'd we'd kind of be screwed at right back, um, definitely at left back. Um, you know, aside from maybe playing Moose Sissoko there, which again I have seen last season. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just trying. I'm just trying to think because you you think about most teams, and they'll they'll have like four or five options for most positions, won't they? Or at least like players that are fluid enough to kind of fill in. Do you know what I mean? Like we've we've only really got. Like a couple of strikers, but Shung Min Son could play there. Probably Deli Ali could if we were really struggling, or you'd expect Mora probably could, or whatever. Do, do you know what I mean? Like we wouldn't struggle. So you, you could have, say, for example, four or five players for one player in 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 that position. Um, similarly, in the middle of the field, there's like Dyer Winks. Um, Ericsson can drop deeper if need be. Sissoko can play there. Um, Dembele, Wanyama, you know. But when it comes to defenders, I, I wonder why clubs don't stock as much. Do you, do you think it's because they get injured a little bit less than players that probably n- normally do a little bit more running? But then again, that that brings up another question of in the modern game, especially with wing backs. That's what we're saying about. That's what we're saying about City. So, for example, if Walker got injured, you've got Danilo, and then <clears throat> what? What else? You know, you're going to struggle, aren't you? And Ditto on the left. I think, in terms of why clubs buy less defenders, I think it's because at its most sort of rudimental level, goals win you matches, don't you? So. You need yeah. more attacking options if it, than defending options, really. Oh uh, man, that's, what... that's that's another whole debate. I'm I'm actually like a bit of a defence advocate because, like, yeah, that yes, li- literally in well, yeah, in the most literal yes, in the most, sense, in its most literal goal, sense, goals win you games. Yes, but, but yes, exactly. So so, so can defenders. Of co- if, oh, if, oh, absolutely, if, of course, yeah. 
and keepers. I don't know. I mean, yes, you, you literally need to score. But then having said that, you, you also have to stop the, the other team scoring to win a game, you know, or at least less than you. So, um, oh, I don't know. That's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, Chelsea won the league with a quite a defensive team one year, didn't they? I don't know. Yes. I, 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 I don't know. It's it's like the 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 um, the sort of thing I came up with was like, what's more important in cricket, batting or bowling? Oh, that's a, it's probably bowling to be honest, isn't it? Tracking. Um, but it's it's runs that win you matches, isn't it? Yeah, but then oh. so that that's what I'm saying. That's that's my kind of like. Little... Yeah, I've got to guess. Yeah, I've got to guess my own notion, really, haven't I? Um, yeah. So that that's kind of like my my. Not messful, but like my my comparison, you know what I mean. No, I, I think that's a fair point. You make, I kind of I kind of think football is 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 the same as that. You need to mind you. I'm not sure. Maybe that's a terrible one because I'm not sure what the equivalent of goals would be: wickets or runs. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Okay, <laughs> let's um, let's stay in Manchester then, because yep. if we've seen the sublime through Manchester City, we're seeing the ridiculous at the moment through Manchester United. Um, West Ham will be sick of the sight of City as they were dealt another huge thumping at the weekend, while United yeah. fans will be sick of the sight of Jose Mourinho as they had to witness another drab draw at Old Trafford. Mm-hmm. Where I mean, that point actually sent them up the table, so at least they're seventh. But, yeah. I mean, yeah. what is it at Man United at the moment? I mean, these and not only that, these draws, they feel like defeats because you get teams like City, mm-hmm. Liverpool, who are winning. The gap already is so... It's just... It's outrageous, really, for well, a team I'm, of their I'm, stature. I'm not... I'm not being funny, but this <clears throat> this is a little bit where I I do think, and I you know I mean we're 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 both part of the media, and I I hate kind of using the term, but I think we know the type of media we're referring to. Yeah. Can Can you imagine if after 13 games, Richo Pochettino or even Jurgen Klopp actually? To be to be fair, he's already started getting that. Will his job be under threat if he doesn't win something this year? You know what I mean. But if if Pochettino or Klopp or probably even Sari, to be honest, you know, if they were fourteen points off off City after thirteen games, they would be putting him under the most immense pressure. Uh, I mean. Whereas Mourinho, it's just kind of like, oh, it's Mourinho. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't understand why he isn't getting the same kind of pressure from elements of the media that other clubs do. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's not. I don't know if it's his stature that goes before him. He's, he's almost getting some of a free pass, but I think mm. it's just like it's just going through the motions, really, isn't it? Because everyone yeah. sort of knows that it's the last days of his empire. As a, I don't know, maybe a, a top world class manager, but yeah. it's just, it's just like a non story now, isn't it? Like when I saw the results, it's like, oh, it's no real surprise. It's not like, oh, you know, Palace have got yeah. a, a great result. I mean, obviously they did get a great result. Shouldn't take anything away from what they did, but from the, the dross that United have been serving up this season, you just go, oh, mm. okay, well, here we are again, really. So, I mean, yeah. can they. What's salvaging their season? Can, is it finishing six? I mean, Everton have got ahead of them now, but is that the best they can hope for? I mean, what else can they? I don't know what else they can dream for. Really, they've not really set the Champions League alight. When you watch them in action, it's been another. Mind threat. you, they've got they've, they've got young boys tonight. You've got to think that's got to be at least three or four nil, surely. Well, it has to be, doesn't it? Really, do, just do you know what I mean? Just like the pressure off them somewhat, but it's just what is. 
What is wrong with United? Is it? So like... It's it's Mourinho. It's yeah. it's the ne- it's the negative culture that seems to be completely pervasive at, at there, and it's it's a little bit like a rotten stench. You know what I mean? It's one of those kind of things that isn't getting better, and because it's not getting better, it's it's getting worse. So. Um, I know that sounds no, no, quite, you're absolutely right, though. I quite mean, stupid, but so- sometimes things can just level. You know, you know what I mean. You can kind of get a few decent results here and there, but thirteen, they're thirteen points, a fourteen, fourteen points. Sorry, off the top after thirteen games, that 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 can't be right. They they need to. I think they need to bite the bullet, get rid of Mourinho, and then. <clears throat> Bring bring someone else in, you know. It's as simple as that. Yeah, know. I think it is. Whether it's January or end of the season, we we'll have to wait and see. But someone who has bit the bullet was Fulham, and they, I guess, rolled the dice, and it's come up trumps already in the sense that they played mm. out a highly entertaining clash at Craven Cottage, a six pointer early this mm. that early in the season, and Claudio Ranieri's come out on top. So, um, yeah. you know, I think the ends have justified the means in the very short term. Obviously, we have to wait and see if they stay up, but. Southampton, they lost by the odd goal. Is that a result that's just brought Mark Hughes a little bit more time? Because, say, if it was like a 3-0 defeat, then you'd think, right, OK, maybe it's time that we need to roll the dice as well. Has that manner of defeat, you know, just a goal in it before, OK, we'll go again at the weekend? Because they do face Man United, and if there's any... Yeah. There's a chance there could be a result there, who knows? But is that just the result that has given them the one last opportunity, perhaps? I think Hughes will be alright and I think Southampton will be alright I I still think Huddersfield are probably going to go down in their place, you know what I mean I don't know about Fulham Jesus, I mean like they've got a really good set of players there you know, do you you know what I mean they made some excellent signings in the summer Um, and Sessegnon seems to be finally kind of like um, settling, settling in, or finding his rhythm in the in the Premier League. But you, you you kind of look at them; they've got a decent goalkeeper, they've got some really decent defenders. You know, Fossey Menzies, all right, Alfie Mawson. Um, you know, they 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 sort of brought in like Scherler and Seri, and also like Le Marchand is a good good option in defence as well. I, I'm struggling, or I was struggling to see how they weren't doing better. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I really thought they were going to be like Wolves. Not not necessarily like, you know, as strong, quite as strong as Wolves. But I genuinely thought they'd be comfortable kind of mid-table this season. I think, I don't know if it's, you kind of, it's maybe a bit of naivety in terms of tactics. Also, the... The chopping and changing didn't help, you know. No, one defeat no, that led never to three helps. changes, then led to another yeah. three changes. I think they just needed a bit more sort of continuity and cohesion at the back. That maybe would have given them a few yeah. more points to where they were. But I think, yeah, just I don't think it's the players they bought. I think they bought well. I just don't think the system that they set out in the first sort of few months of the season got the best out of them. And I think Ranieri. No, might, I agree. Might Ranieri will keep them up. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd say almost certainly, to be honest, is a very well. We know he's a great manager. Um, he'll he'll definitely keep them up. I reckon. I I, I felt that was a bit hard harsh on uh, Janovic. Um, you know, I always think that's a bit harsh when a manager brings a club up 
and then they get sacked after a third of the season. You know, you know what I mean. It's um, I do I do think that's a little bit harsh, but yeah, I think he'll stay up. I think Southampton's struggling really as well. Um, I think they'll probably lose to United at the weekend. If they somehow pull off a result, you'd have to expect Mourinho surely, surely on, well, last chance sling, wouldn't he? Yeah, well, that could be, I guess, well, not quite a six-pointer, but that in itself is a must-win game for both teams, albeit for slightly different reasons, but both managers will go into that game of stock quite low, so, mm. you know, something's got to give there. In terms of um, the weekend's televised football, it really was a case of, contractual obligation obligation sort of games wasn't it not the uh, the best ones some ones of the diamonds nice. Wolves at home to Huddersfield Burnley at home to Newcastle um, mm. but those results that have taken place they've sort of compacted things at the bottom even further I mean Wolves yeah. at the moment just one point from 15 mm. so mm. impressive start has managed to absorb these poor results ever so slightly but at the same time is there concern now for Nuno Espirito Santo because the sort of the, the the ruts kicked in, the bubbles burst, so to speak. You know, this is where it really becomes about battling in the Premier League, isn't it? Yeah, but no, I, I think they'll be fine. I mean, they they can't have as as a squad as good as theirs is, and that kind of what is it like eight nine point gap or whatever it is in the table at the moment between them and the bottom three. You you can't imagine that all. Do you know what I mean? Or, or like, actually, I'm just looking at it now. Or Palace, Burnley. I, I don't think they'll even already. I don't think all of those teams will overhaul eight points over the course of a season. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess also there's enough teams below them to for Wolves to sort of have that little wobble. That, that's what I mean. I, I think they'll. I think they'll be fine. I, Sixteen points for a team. Let's say that is battling relegation, quote-unquote, after 13 games is is easy. I know that I know they've dropped off massively over the last kind of five, six games, but you, you also have to think, spread that over the course of the season, and that's 48 points. Yeah, exactly. Do, do, you, know, do you know what I mean? They'll, they'll be absolutely fine. I was really surprised by Huddersfield beating them away, though, because... Huddersfield have not looked good before that. No, they haven't. Or, as or as barely as, at all. David you know. Wagner always says, well, before this sort of runs happened, every week on match today, he'd say, I thought our team played really well, we just didn't get the result that yeah. we deserved. And you think, well, hmm. I don't think you did. I think that's just sort of towing the company line and trying to keep the morale high, even though yeah. results haven't gone their way. But I think Wolves weren't great, though. I think it was probably the worst that I've seen Wolves play this season. Hmm. They just they weren't on it at all. So Huddersfield, credit to them, got the, you know, were the better team and got actually the result that they deserved. But yeah, yeah, agree. Oh no, I definitely agree. I was just surprised because oh, yeah, absolutely, I, yeah. I think they'd only won once before that all season, hadn't they? And you kind of you, you sort of looked at Wolves away and you thought that's that's pretty much a bank of Wolves. But yes. no, like you say, they've had a drop in form. No, I'm not concerned for Nuno Espirito Santo. <laughs> Santo, so I don't. I, I just call him like the Catholic prayer thing. I can never remember his full name. Um, but yeah, that was that was a bit of a shocker, really. You know. So Huddersfield have got seven points from possible nine. Um, Newcastle have done even better. Nine points from possible yep. nine. Where's that come from? Because they were looking, uh, you know, a bit early to say dead and buried, but they were really yeah. lackluster in the first two months of the season, but things have turned at the right time for Rafa Benitez's men. I mean... It's, it's unbelievable. 
I mean, what, what is, is that? that where does that come th- from? Th- like, three, on, three on the bounce? Yes. I mean, so uh, look, look, looking at the table again, they would have been on, what, three points? Yeah, sounds about right. I mean, they're 13th Jesus now. Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Three points from ten games, is that right? That is right, because they're only well, three matches. Oh my god, that is appalling. Um, yeah, yeah, fucking hell. Um, yeah, again, I, th- I think they've got they've got good good players. You know what I mean? Like they shouldn't be they shouldn't be struggling. You know, they're, they've done really well recently. They clearly need a bit more investment, um, but it's that. It's that constant turmoil of the Mike Ashley regime. Like, will they get it? Uh, I'd say probably they won't. But no, they need they, they need a bit of a boost in January just to start kicking on a bit. Because New, Newcastle, when you think about, you know, they're, they're not a big club in terms of what football Twitter would now call a big club, but they are a big club. They've got a massive stadium. They've got a diehard fan base and they shouldn't be just getting by season on the season they they should be at least kind of where Everton are you know what I mean like they should be they they should be around that that bunch of clubs you know what I mean it should be like Everton Newcastle should be constantly kind of battling at least for the Europa spots you know well if you look at Newcastle last season they finished 10th so that would have been the perfect platform to go do you mm. know what exactly Let's build up on that let's kick on if we can get 7th or 8th this season you know we're going up the exactly yeah. yeah exactly that but there's no there's there's no stability um, there, there never has been under Mike Ashley and um, I mean to put the, to put this into context for how long that thing has been going on I went to Newcastle away with my stepdad about oh my god I reckon it must have been Eight eight years ago, at least, and <clears throat> it was it was one all. It was it was really grim. Trip to Newcastle in December, <laughs> and it was one all. And they were booing their team, the Newcastle fans, when it was one all. And you kind of think like that's that's weird. And it's not like it's not like I, I Newcastle fans are. Far from fickle, you know what I mean. They're they're quite demanding, probably a little bit less so nowadays. But they're they've got every right to be because they sh- they should be doing a lot better than they are for a club of their their stature. You know, you kind of think about it. Even even sort of ten, definitely fifteen years ago, our our the people we were competing with on that kind of level for similar places were Everton. Aston Villa and Newcastle you you know what I mean and you kind of like you used to actually fear trips to Newcastle and Villa and um who else did I just say Everton Everton sorry yeah you you know what I mean Everton's still still a tough one but they're the only one of the those kind of three or four left we've obviously kicked on massively since then and you know Everton have done okay. They've sort of they've, they've sort of not really kicked on, but they they haven't dropped backwards, have they either? Whereas whereas Newcastle had, and they they anyway. So I went to that game. I think it was Damien Duff scored like a ninety third minute winner or something. Everyone went mental, and as we were walking out, I said to my stepdad, "They're they're going to go down this season." I think they were about 
eighth or ninth at the time. It just felt like a poisonous atmosphere there. You, you know what I mean? It just felt all wrong. Like the club felt kind of rotten inside now, a little bit like we were saying about United now. Um, and whilst they, they seem to have slightly improved that, they they're they're not doing enough. They you know Mike Ashley needs to either really get involved because he he is a rich man. Either bring in some investors so they can actually you know kick on, bring some players in to push them up the league a bit. Because it because it's like a snowball effect. If they start doing that, they'll start to reach a you know an ever expanding Premier League global audience. They'll they'll have increased revenues and then it. It, it carries on from there. And I, I just don't understand it. For me, he needs to sell, put some money into, you know, playing staff, and actually back Benitez, who has done a fantastic job with with what he's had at Newcastle, um, and help them kick on a bit. <laughs> well, yeah, if Mike actually showed the same sort of um, interest in his club, then he does buying up the high street, you know, buying shops like Evan Cycles and House of Fraser. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> in a much better position because yeah, it's either we're going to be living in a Mike Ashley high street across the country with every other second shop owned by Mike Ashley or Newcastle are going to sort of suffer for uh, his lack of investment but it's just the yeah. way of the world isn't it unfortunately <laughs> let's, um, yeah. let's move on to our loser pool picks of the week because I've still got some other bits to do before uh, the hour closes so JS mm-hmm. the floor is yours once more can you offer up a uh, loser banker and more importantly can you carry on your 100% run since we've started this, so who, who, did, who for... did I who did I have last time? Um, <clears throat> was it Southampton? Oh yeah, yes yeah. it was. Yes it was. So um, there's, there's had, had, few... had, had a lucky one on that. Yes, you did. There's quite Jesus. a few iffy games this week, but there's probably mm. a, still a couple. I'm, to, I'm, um... I'm, I'm going Bournemouth. Sorry, no, I thought that'd be the case. choice. I think the other bank is probably Fulham. To be honest, away at Chelsea, I still can't see. I know Fulham have got Ranieri and Chelsea had had a bit of a blip maybe the last couple of games, but they'll they'll still have too much for Fulham, I think, at home, you know. Yeah, that's fine because that's the one I was gonna go for. So um you've But yeah, Bournemouth for sure. Yes. I mean about Bournemouth, they were I guess they were a little bit unlucky on, on Sunday to lose to Arsenal. <laughs> Fantastically um finished yeah. their own goal by Jefferson Lerma, but They've now lost... Oh, man, wasn't I mean, it? <laughs> what was all that about? I mean, it's they've amazing. lost... <laughs> it was, though, wasn't it? It was really good. <laughs> they've now yeah. lost by the odd goal at home to um, mm. United and Arsenal. So, as good as they have yeah. been this season, they're the kind... If they ever wanted to be a bona fide top six contender, like Everton, mm. I sort of wanted to be in that bracket and because they are six. They're the games you really have to win, don't you, to really be considered... Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> But I mean, then if but then if you're beating Arsenal at home, you know, Arsenal is still a good good team. I know I know they're a little bit off the pace, but I think Emery's definitely got them looking a little bit better again. Um United should be beating them really. You think about the wealth of resources both Arsenal and United have. I don't think that's that much of a gutter, to be honest. I don't think really Bournemouth I don't uh, it's going to sound really harsh, but I don't think Bournemouth should be expected to finish above really any of the top seven. No, not not really. You know, um, I mean, who? Uh, uh, all right, let me let me put it this way: Who should they be finishing above? 
with all the wealth of resources or great structures, i.e. Spurs out of City, Liverpool, Spurs, Chelsea, Arsenal, United or Everton? Oh, no one, really. They should... None for of them, them their natural high, I guess, the level they can really obtain to is eighth, if we're being mm, honest. And I, I agree. There's no shame in that at all, but if they can no, finish above no. Watford, then they, that's success for them. If they could... It's just on the fringes of the Europa League. They almost need another of that big six or seven to have a nightmare season. Like Everton did last year, so Burnley finished seventh. That's yeah, the way they're going to yeah. finish in the top seventh. But Exactly, yeah. But yeah, I mean, if they can finish at the top eight, that's, again, the progress bit by bit is continuing. And then, say, two years, three years down the line, then why can't they really have a proper crack at the top six or seven? That might need to come with a new stadium. It, it, it depends. Yeah, exactly. It depends how well run they are. Because you look at, like, Spurs, again, um, it's probably going to sound a little bit like not controversial but a little bit sacrilegious given how much i love the club but out of all of those clubs i just listed again actually who should spurs be finishing above well yeah if you ask the same Ever- question. Ever- Ever- everton that's it isn't it really yeah uh, i guess well yeah i mean everton, i mean sh- everton certainly i mean if all things are equal, they shouldn't really be finishing above Man United. You can almost make the case for Arsenal as well. So, well, no, definitely Arsenal. I mean, may- maybe not once we're in the new, not once we're in the new stadium, but you know, Arsenal took a number of years to pay theirs off. I can't see Levy all of a sudden ripping up his rule book and deciding we're going to suddenly, you know turn into like, or even what Liverpool have done, you know what I mean, suddenly buy loads of £60 million players or spending £75 million on a defender, you know what I mean, I, I just can't see that happening at Spurs. Um, we just, we don't have the we don't have the money and resources of City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal or United, and the fact that we've done it, in the way that we've done it, is, is proof that it can be done if you put the right structures in place and you you make gradual improvements season by season. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yep, absolutely. So, yeah. But let's, um, so let's recap then because my brother's also radioed in with Everton to lose at uh, Liverpool. Um, just quickly also, JS, are you somehow surprised or not surprised that the fixture computer seems to be conveniently pumping out all these uh, derbies on Sunday? We've got... The West London <clears throat> Derby, the North London Derby, the Merseyside Derby, all conveniently one after the other on Sunday. I mean, hmm. It's, the... al- it's almost as if football um, is run by television. Yes, I, I thought that might be the answer. <laughs> so. Yes, but what can you the, do? The, the more suspicious-minded amongst yes. us might, might think that. The cynic know. certainly will. Um, so, yes, yeah. as I was saying, my brother's gone for Everton to lose at uh, Liverpool. JS has gone for Bournemouth to lose at Man City. I've gone for Fulham to lose at Chelsea. So three away defeats is what we're hoping for. We'll see if they come true. Um, I'm not. I'm not hoping for it. It would be amazing well, no. if, if Bournemouth oh, course, beat yeah. City away in the confines of our loser's <laughs> 100% Yes, that's true. That's true. It brings me a sense of pride. That's absolutely right. So um, we'll come away from the Premier League quickly. I met, there were some other fixtures. I know um, Brighton Leicester shared uh, the points, Everton got the better of Cardiff. But I just want to get your thoughts, JS, on the Copa Libertadores and the fact that that fixture seems to be almost cursed. The first leg, there was a, what, a deluge of rain that postponed it. 
The second mm-hmm. leg, we're meant to be seeing the best of South American football. Unfortunately, yeah. we're seeing the worst, aren't we? So, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a huge missed opportunity for South South American football in general. I mean, I was I was chomping at the bit when when that fixture got confirmed. I just thought, like, because I know for a number of years it, they they had a very weird system. Some some um, an Argentinian guy was actually explaining it to me, where teams from the same country couldn't meet each other in the final. Basically, I don't know a hundred percent how the system worked. Perhaps they, were, you know, it was more like the old Champions League, where you're only allowed the actual champions from each country. Do you know what I mean? Something like that. But he was he was saying that's why there has never been a Boca. River Plate final before this year, um, you know, in its 50, what was it, 63, I think the first one, something like that. Um, I was gagging for this. You know what I mean? As a football purist, I just thought this is going to be king amazing. And the first, the first game was actually, it was, it was a great game. Um, did you watch that one? I did, or? unfortunately. That's why I was really looking um, to the second one. So it, it was, it was brilliant. It's on that, um, What's that new free sports channel thing? That's oh, it's called free it's called sports, free sports isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they, they really, really use their imaginations when coming up with that. What do we do? We give free sports. What should we call it? Oh, free sports, cool. Um, yeah, but it, it was it was great. I watched that. Um, they only they only had a single commentator. They clearly didn't have a massive budget, but um, it's free. You get what you pay for. And actually, I found it quite refreshing. You know what I mean? With the lack of like twenty million different pundits, it was it was actually quite good. And the guy clearly had a passion for Latin American football, and it was brilliant. I mean, it really was a brilliant game. The atmosphere was incredible, despite the fact that no away fans were allowed. Um, and then, you know, what what happened a few days ago made what the Liverpool fans do to the City fans seem like a Disney version of Sin City. You know, you know what I mean. Yeah. It was it was so minor in comparison. But it actually weirdly got me to thinking. I don't know what you think about this, but do you reckon that Liverpool City game should have been postponed? Um, I think the difference was the fact that the players on the weekend actually had injuries because of the actions of you know glass being broken. Yeah. So I don't. It's a tough one. I can see the point you're trying to make, but I think. The game going ahead in the Champions League was probably still the right decision because I don't think City physically got any injuries. I know mentally they probably were definitely. Yeah, that's what I mean. It it definitely shook them, didn't it? And I I I I don't think that's that's right. If you get your team bus smashed up on the way into a fixture, you do kind of think maybe postpone it for a day or something might might be quite useful. But yeah, I I don't know. I I thought the couple of bits is always. I mean, there's a great. journalist working out of Brazil called, called Andrew Downey he's basically just saying their, their, their federation just just doesn't get it right basically he said a lot of it's down to the, the federation obviously you can't be responsible for the fans but you have to wonder like why haven't they made a safe road in for them or something do you know what I mean like the police organise the police so they can't you know, you've got to think in the 21st century, in a final that for 
the first time in forever, the whole world was watching because I, I couldn't even name the finalists from the Copper Libid stories from last year, could you? No. Okay. No, that, that, that's what I'm saying. But it was because it was Bocker and River, first time ever, it, it was suddenly of global interest, wasn't it? I mean, I don't ever remember it getting a build-up like it did this year. And it's such a huge missed opportunity for them. And all they needed to do was make maybe make a police, or even if it's that extreme, get an army cordon and make sure the team can get into a stadium safely for a game where the world is watching. It just seems mad, you know? It does, unfortunately. What a missed opportunity because, you yeah. know, we look at the, the landscape of global football and, you know, Europe has so much of the power base. You look at the Club World Cup and it's almost a bit of a, a non-tournament because it's just so much of a disparity between each of the continents. But that kind of game yeah. would put yeah. South American football back in the limelight and then you would have one mm-hmm. of those two in that tournament going up against Real Madrid. It would have made it for a real showpiece, but... Yeah, exactly. Missed, isn't it? So, you know. I, I couldn't agree more, sadly. So, you know, all we can hope for is when it finally does go ahead is that it's a really good game. Um, you know, I don't even know how they're going to do it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't even know how they're going to get get it on. They postponed it again. Oh, I, I don't know. I don't even know when it's going to be. Is it Sunday, I think? Oh, no and, idea. It was, and then it was postponed again, and they, they haven't even announced a new date yet. No, so, it just says to be do you, know, like, do, you know, do you know what they should do, really? What I would do in that situation is play a, a completely neutral venue. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, a, in a different that, continent, like Japan yeah. or something. Just get over well, and done with that. Yeah, yeah, that would work. Or I was going to say behind closed doors, and I know that would take away from the amazing atmosphere, but... You know, either River Plate or the organisers didn't do enough to protect Boca going in. Um, and so they were they were right to postpone it. They were right, actually. They, they, they sort of did the right things. Like, they they didn't allow away fans to either of the games. And that, that was clearly a good decision in retrospect. You know what I mean? I thought it was going to be a bit weird, but it, it wasn't because each team gets the same advantage at home, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree, Dan. I just think, unfortunately, it's a huge wasted opportunity to, like you rightly say, put Latin American football right back on the map, you know? Yep. Because their, their, right. their, their players were exceptional and the first game was, was stunning. It was, it was a brilliant game, you know, as, as you would expect, all the cliches, loads of flair, beautiful, free flowing attacking football, um, and yeah, we're 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 all as football fans m- missing out, and none more so than their fans in their country. Absolutely, one of the, the uh, scenarios where football was not the winner, unfortunately. And with that, we've hit the sixty minutes. Our time is up. JS, an absolute sterling out as always. Thanks ever so much for coming on. Thank you for having me, Dan. Thanks very much, mate. We'll do it again soon, I hope. Um, Perfect. Yeah. A little bit of admin from me. Like I said at the start of the show, the odds of winning the loser pool prize pool are great. They're even better if you sign up. So visit loserpool.com and don't forget. And with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. This is The Real Football Cast in association with Loserpool. And until next time, goodbye.
Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.